Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. I hope you are staying safe and healthy and are self-quarantining yourself and, uh, Hopefully, we'll get through this pandemic together safely. Anyway, uh, this is episode 169, and before I tell you about it, I have a programming note. For those of you who read my blog, you know that I was kind of on the fence as to whether or not to present a radio documentary that I made in college at UCLA in 1971, along with Bill Pearl, that basically traced top 40 radio from the 50s to the 60s to early 70s. And I said, is this something you guys would want to hear? And enough of you said yes, that next week I will present that documentary. But what are we going to talk about this week? Well, this week, as you know, no baseball, no sports at all. So if you're a baseball fan, this is a good way to kind of get you over the hump. My guest this week is Josh Lewin. And for 10 years, Josh was a TV voice of baseball for Fox. He also did TV for years for the Chicago Cubs, the Detroit Tigers, and the Texas Rangers. And he did radio for the Baltimore Orioles for a number of years for the New York Mets and last year for the Boston Red Sox. He's very versatile for many seasons. He was also the radio voice of the San Diego Chargers. Unfortunately, the Chargers are no longer in San Diego. Currently, he is the radio voice of football and basketball for the UCLA Bruins, my alma mater. But he also has a podcast, and that's really what I want to focus on. It's a podcast called The Throwback League. And really what it is is baseball through the beauty of imagination. Now, what do I mean by that? What the hell do I mean by that? Well, you will learn as we meet this week's guest on Hollywood and Levine, Josh Lewin. So, Josh, you have a very interesting podcast. I do. Where you kind of recreate classic teams in baseball having head-to-head matchups. Tell us a little bit about the Throwback League. I, I love this project, Ken. I, and it's something that if I had had my druthers, 
haven't used that word in a long time. <laughs> uh, I, I would have done this 10 or 12 years ago. I just never had the bandwidth to, to get it done. And with my play-by-play shrinking in baseball down to basically zero, this was the, the perfect time uh, to, to fire this up. And, yeah, it's basically March Madness. It's brackets, but with the World Series teams of our youth, the uh, 1974 through uh, 2005 or 2006, I guess, is where I, I ended it. Uh, some at-large teams in their World Series losers from that period. So we got a field of 48, play it just like March Madness, and uh, one game or one podcast a week for 48 weeks. It's a nice, clean, almost full year. Take it from uh, from now until basically spring training of 2021. And the the thing that I didn't see coming when I put this together was the changing, uh, I guess, zeitgeist. I mean, there's now this kind of animosity. Not It's not apathy about Major League Baseball. Now it's animosity. I mean, people don't appreciate all the talk about sign stealing and the fact as you and I are speaking here, the Red Sox don't even know what the hell yet. You know, mm-hmm. they don't even have their punishment meted out. And the, the old saws about, you know, the, the juiced ball, the salaries, whatever you want to talk about modern day baseball just seems to have a bit of a black eye right now and not to say that baseball from 74 to 06 was perfect there was a certain steroids era in there and, <laughs> yeah. and a bunch of other wacky shenanigans but yeah. strike uh, one year yeah. eliminating the world series I mean, yeah it, it certainly wasn't perfect but to me it's kind of like reanimating a bunch of baseball cards here you know the, the that very first game you know to to hear bill north leading off for the oakland a's uh, you know up against I think it was Tom Glavin. And just to kind of picture in your theater of the mind, boy, what would that look like? You know, what would uh, Tom Glavin had looked like pitching at Oakland Alameda County Stadium in 1974? And to try to trick it up, not only with, with crowd noise and organ music, but as I as I get this thing rolling, I'm finding it's fun. For example, you know, in 1974, uh, you know, let's run the Burger King ad that was running from 1974 as the commercial. Let's have a, you know, a foul ball caught by a guy in a really big collar. You know, I mean, so let's make it seem like we are actually back in 1974 or whatever. And that's been, I think, more than anything, the fun, the the kind of the pop culture reanimation, not just the baseball reanimation. And uh, it's been a really, really fun, interesting project. It takes a while to get these things done. I mean, by the time you... You kind of reanimate uh, your own brain about who were the 74 A's, for example, or even the 92 Braves. And I, I, I used to be able to tell Otis Nixon stories off the top of my head. I, <laughs> I, I can't do that anymore. Really? Because so. I can. Well. I, most people can. <laughs> I mean, I remember what he kind of looks like, you know, but I just, but in terms of what did he really do? He resigned you know, as president. I no, mean, yeah. The, the wrong, oh. wrong, wrong Nixon cat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of been, uh, it's one rabbit hole after another you know you start researching one guy and that leads you to another story which leads you to another story so uh yeah i i'm, I'm very happy that this kind of came into my life and hopefully people are finding it and enjoying it and, and for me it's just been a a kick uh, i don't know any other way to describe it it just feels like my youth has come kind of uh, pouring back out of a faucet doing this so basically what you are doing is recreating a baseball game pitch by pitch and as you said you put in crowd sounds and organ music and and that type of thing 
And it's 50 minutes. You mentioned at one point that, uh, yeah, you're going to skip a lot of the boring innings uh, because these baseball games could take two and a half well, hours. Right. I mean, so <laughs> I, I invoke the old Notre Dame football highlights thing on Saturday. Due to time constraints, we move ahead to further action. After an exchange of punts, we... So, yeah, you know, definitely doing that. And what I'm finding is there's basically about two innings of live action and seven innings of just condensed, here's what's going on. And I found this algorithm. I'm not a, a computer nerd. I'm a nerd. I'm just not a computer nerd. Uh, but this thing called whatifsports.com, you want to talk about rabbit holes. I mean, you, you can plug in any roster from any team of any era in any sport, and they will play the game out for you. So the um, if I can borrow a Tom Clancy word, the verisimilitude of, of the experience, you know, being able to say, okay, here's actually what happened. I mean, I'm not not dicking around here i'm not inventing so you're things. not making up the outcome no, you're you're no. following some computer huh? yeah and, and it would be more well it'd be easier if i could just do whatever i wanted but and, and, and it's funny because i realized after i started the project only i would know if i was making this shit up but mm-hmm. i just I'm, I'm, I'm too much of a boy scout i'm like all right you know th- this is what the computer said happened so there was one game where things were just highly unlikely. I mean, there was like nine home runs at Fulton County Stadium, which I, I realized was the launching pad, but still nine home runs. Mm-hmm. And But that's what the computer said. And, and there were you know some teams that I, I was kind of rooting for because I knew a lot about them, uh, and, and they got wiped out in the first round. And I'm like, damn it. And, you know, now I got to like you know do more work on, on this other team that I really don't know. So, yeah, very much a slave to what the computer says. And uh, for some reason, I just I decided to, to stick with that model. I'm not changing it. So, uh, you know, rallies that you thought might happen that peter out because somebody, uh, you know, fouled out when they shouldn't have. That's just hey, yeah, that's the way the ball bounces. So does the computer give you the inning by inning play by play or it just tells you the final score? Because like you said, most action you condense into a couple of innings. But what if there's a game where Atlanta scores single runs in the third, fourth, seventh, eighth, and ninth? It's a big pain in the ass. And then I got to make an executive decision and play God about which innings I actually broadcast and which ones I do the Notre Dame football thing with. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I played the whole, I decided to play the whole season out one rainy day. In, in, in of all places, San Diego, where it hardly ever rains. But uh, I played all 48 of these games out and just put them in a folder. Figuring that's and, and then I realized, you know what, that's probably, you know, when you watch reality TV, I realized I don't think The Bachelor plays out in live time. You know, they, they already know, <laughs> they know, sure. they know who got the rose and who didn't get the rose. And I'm the producer of this thing. So I know who, who got the rose at the end. I can't tell you. But, I, you know, I played the whole season out. And it, I get ahead of myself sometimes because, you know, I'm thinking, okay, how does this impact what's, what, what I know is finally going to happen in January of 2021? So I'm building uh, this crescendo, you know, towards that uh, that final four uh, last couple of games right around New Year's. And uh, it, it's it's really kind of, it, it's fun. I never thought that, that being a producer, which essentially is what this is, uh, would, would, would feel this cool because it's kind of like, all right, I mean, not that this, you know, has millions of followers yet. It's got probably hundreds, but I'm hoping to take it to thousands. Uh, that, yeah, you know, I'm starting to get some feedback about, well, why did this happen? Why did you make that happen? And it's like, hey, bud, I, I didn't do anything. You know, talk to the computer. Talk to the algorithm. Welcome to my world. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, but it, it's neat. I mean, that's one of the other kind of side uh, silos that, that sprung up here is that people do have opinions and they want to argue with you about 
which team was better than the other. And that was one of the reasons to create this thing was let's try to end the argument. It's one of the great bar arguments of all time. You know, which player was better than the other? Which team was better than the other? And it's tough when you're doing the apples to oranges thing. You know, you can't compare a 74 team to a 92 team. But I say, yes, you can if you have a computer involved and a guy that's got several hours a week to go into a home studio and and do the play-by-play. So uh, when I was in Syracuse in 1988 and uh, they had just very primitive video games and there was a baseball video game and all the players looked like tiny little lego men <laughs> yes right right <laughs> but uh you could play games like this and we had a pitcher on the syracuse chiefs named doug bear who years before had been with the big red machine cincinnati and also with detroit in 84 and has world series rings And so I played the 1976 Cincinnati Reds against the 1927 Yankees. Awesome. And I had Doug Bear pitch. Why not? (laughs) And, And in my game, he struck out Babe Ruth. And for Doug Bear, he said that was the highlight of his summer. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, and that's kind of what I was, I, you and I both have this underdog spirit anyway. I think we love those stories. And again, playing God or at least producer on this stuff, uh, you know, I was kind of hoping that, that a few of those moments kind of like that would show up where, you know, you get some random reliever striking out Barry Bonds or whatever, you know, in a really big moment. And, uh, you know, you and I both have the, the privilege and the honor of being able to get in touch with a lot of these people. And I was kind of looking forward to that. Like, I want to, you know, I want to call this guy, I want to call CJ Nitkowski and tell him that, that he struck out Barry Bonds, you know, <laughs> or, or whatever. But that's the other, uh, you know, kind of sidelight that I didn't mention, which has been fun, is tracking down players who were actually in these games and having them give me a little bit of commentary. So uh, that, you know, when when the 79 Orioles get going to have Jim Palmer talk about what it was like to be on that team. Or, yeah, you had Jeff Nelson on uh, a broadcast. Yeah, and, yeah. And it brought, you know, Tony La Russa was talking about the 06 Cardinals for me, and uh, I kind of went outside the box. The one I just recorded, uh, it was the 86 Red Sox were playing the 93 Blue Jays, and I realized that the common denominator there is our friend Sean McDonough, his first year with Nesson doing the Red Sox was 86, and he was with CBS doing that 93 World Series. So he actually covered both of those teams. That's the one time I, I got a broadcaster in there instead of a player. But, again, trying to find what the, the common denominators are. And, and, you know, there's one game, a uh, little spoiler alert, where Tony La Russa's A's are managing, he's managing the Tony La Russa Cardinals in, in, one, of, <laughs> in one of, like, the quarterfinals. You know? So uh, stuff like that I find to be really, really interesting. And, uh, you know, there, there's a bracket where I'm not saying this does happen, but it could happen, where the 79 Orioles could play the 83 Orioles. And we'll, we'll blow Baltimore's mind, you know, with, with Rick Dempsey catching for both teams. But, uh-huh. uh, but that'd be fun to score yeah, at right. home. Yeah, yeah. Dempsey <laughs> pops out to Dempsey, you know, or, or something like that. But, but yeah, bringing those guys in, and they've gotten a big kick out of it too. I mean, I found uh, going back to the '74 A's, I got Ray Fossey to do the one on the '74 A's, and we, you know, we did maybe three minutes that made air. You know, his remembrances of that team. But we talked off the air for like half an hour because it's just, you know, with, as you understand, if I asked you just for one MASH memory, I mean, I'm sure you could give me one. But then 
you, you again, you, you rabbit hole it, and all of a sudden you're talking about a hundred other things. You're telling me Larry Linville stories that I didn't even ask you about. You know, so uh, I think that's for the players and, and managers. Larusso was absolutely the same way. I mean, we kind of caught up. Hey, how's things with the Angels now? Blah blah blah. Hey, I need to ask you about your. Uh, I guess it was the 06 Cardinals that I, I I called him about. And before you know it, you know, we're talking about other Cardinals teams. We're talking about when he came up with the White Sox. We're talking, you know, an hour on the phone with Tony La Russa. So none of that makes air, unfortunately. But as a baseball geek, that's just really cool. And so to, to know that baseball uh, players and managers actually find this to be a fun exercise, too, kind of like your Doug Bear story, uh, I think that's been gratifying, too. Yeah, well, you're never going to use me because the teams I covered all <laughs> sucked. Yeah, they were so, terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. So <laughs> if you ever want to do, like... Like, you know, the worst teams, you know, we can do my yeah, uh, 92 uh, Mariners right. versus my 91 <laughs> Orioles. Right. Yeah. Do you do all the sound effects and put in all that stuff yourself? I, I do. I mean, not personally. I'm not like Michael Winslow, human beatbox. I'm not doing that. Right, yeah, I right. Mean, but, I mean, you have all these and tracks and things. Although, yeah. I got to say, that was pretty good what I just did Yes, there. it was. Let's yeah. Try that again. It's a, oh, I can pop. The old Benny Rubin move. Yeah. Is that what that is? Yes, yeah. I thought that was yeah. like an old uh, a lollipop commercial. Yeah. Actually, but, uh, be, be that as it may. No, I, I, I found a way, and again, for verisimilitude, uh, you know, games at Fenway, I want the Fenway organ. Games, uh, you know, we had a game with the 01 Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't remember this at all, but I found their theme music. How do you find this stuff? YouTube is a gold mine. And, you know, until somebody stops me and, and tells me that there are copyright laws that I'm violating. And crowds, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to keep doing that. So uh, please, if you're a, a lawyer and listening to this, just leave me alone. This is like my, my one hobby. So let, let me do this. You know, you can just do it one week with no crowd and all and just say, well, it's the coronavirus week. <laughs> that, that may actually be next week's episode, unfortunately. But in fact, did you and I shake hands? I, I can't even remember now. I, I feel like if I look at you, I might catch that. But the uh, no, the um, the ability to to mix that stuff and 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 give it that that real feeling, uh, I think, has been part of the fun. Looking for just the right commercial from that era to play, the right organ music, and and all of that. Uh, you know, I had the the Diamondbacks have this wacky. I didn't realize it was uh, proprietary, but they actually had somebody write their own music that sounds very. Uh, kind of space odyssey ish, but when the when the roof opens, uh-huh. it's this incredible like with a, a corral behind it and all these <laughs> horns. And I just thought they had ripped it off from you know like space odyssey, whatever you know, some sci fi channel movie. But no, they actually wrote it themselves. So I stole it and I'm using it for for the O <laughs> one Diamondbacks. Yeah, no, I noticed a game from Dodger Stadium, and um, and the organ was right. It was Nancy B, baby. And and I missed it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was very nostalgic. So when you're recording these games, do you have the sound effects going in your head, or are you just talking into a, a microphone in a, a quiet room. No, and yeah, I, I, I'm very much 15 years old again and just talking into a tape recorder just like I used to uh-huh. do when I wanted to be an announcer someday. And that's been a real kick, too. It really reminds me. I can, I can picture my, my old room at, at 186 Avalon Drive in Rochester, you know, sitting there and, and just babbling into a tape recorder because that's essentially what this is now. I, mean, I talk into a tape recorder for 45 minutes, mix in a couple interviews, splice in the crowd noise. That's been, and, and the garage band, by the way, is a really cool 
thing. I, 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 <laughs> I'm getting more and more proficient in it, but to to play with the the volume control and, and the crowd swells and then the crowd kind of recedes and a foul ball is just you know you gotta have a little bit of crowd come up but not a lot so uh yeah i'm no sound technician but i kind of feel like as these episodes go on it's probably like you feel watching the simpsons from like year one where it's like wait a minute what were we even doing? They're not even, they're not even drawn right, you know? And, and, you know, Wiggum doesn't sound like Wiggum yet. And, you know, this guy, I, I'm a Family Guy guy, so mm-hmm. same thing. I, I was just watching a season one episode of Family Guy the other night. I had to turn it off because it doesn't look like what we now know it to be. So that's kind of been one of the weird byproducts about five or six episodes in that I've recorded now is episode five to me sounds 10 times better than episode one and it's kind of as you learn and as you find your voice and i'm sure it's like anything else in a creative space you think you know what you're doing when you start out then you find a shortcut then you find a a trick that works then you find something that really resonates and then all of a sudden you look back and you're like boy i am so far off ashore now i've drifted (laughs) so so far away from where i started but uh i'm getting my legs and and that process the creative process has been fun and do you ever have uh, brawls or a meteor lands in the well, field or streakers, something like that? Uh, yeah, I'm pondering what to do about weather because that's one thing the computer does not tell me. So right. I, you know, that I can, can ha- kind of have some... Rain delays. and Yeah, yeah. I haven't, had, haven't done those yet because, again, I think I'm kind of two hands on the wheel right now. I just want to make sure this thing doesn't end up in the ditch. Right. But once I really start being able to drive with, with the top down and one hand on the wheel, so to speak... Yeah, I want to start taking some some chances here, and uh, you know, little things. I mean, to, to give it again that feel that you're in that particular era, to have the, uh, the the pop culture references just right, and to have the uniforms being worn really as they were, to to make sure that uh, I mean, a little thing like the Red Sox in '75, the batting helmets looked a lot different than they did on their '86 team. You know, and I want to make sure that I articulate that and there might be one other person in the whole world that gives a damn but i i I don't want to piss anybody off i want to make sure i got it right well it's interesting because you're calling the game as if it's in the present tense and yet your notes your overview is from now you know so like you talked about tommy john pitching for the dodgers and then you went on a, a whole um, rant <laughs> on uh, Tommy John surgery and Which how happened, and, yeah, right. right and how it worked and uh, how his chances were five percent and now it's ninety percent and everything. So that's kind of a fine line to walk too: um, the present versus the future. Looking back, tense has been. A challenge, and, and what I found works is, and I don't, I don't remember my English classes well enough to know what this exact tense is called, but you, you present things in the present tense, and then what I'm finding is I'm saying something along the lines of, he'll go on to blah, blah, blah. Past perfect, maybe. Past, but I don't know. It sure ain't perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but whatever it is, I'm, I think that's the way to roll it out there because, it, yeah, it's not accurate to say that Tommy John in 1977 has had his Tommy John surgery. He was just still Tommy John without surgery or, you know, or whatever it is. Um, so the, uh, the ability to, to kind of bounce back and forth from tense to tense and year to year, that's something I'm still playing with, but, but hopefully I can get down. 
And you put in a lot of time. There's so many great nuggets that, that you throw in there. How much time does it take for you to basically research, record, produce, and finalize one of these 50-minute podcasts? It's about 10 or 12 hours is what it's taking me right now, and I'm hoping I can find little shortcuts to get it under 10, but I don't want to compromise the integrity of the... I don't want to just rip through it just because something good's on TV on Friday night, which, by the way, there's not. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 90 Day Fiance is on Sunday nights, so that, that's that's my home night. The uh, Yeah, I mean... It's it's a labor of love, and I know you can identify with that. I mean, this is the kind of thing where I think I've realized very keenly in doing this exercise that part of what I always really enjoyed about doing play-by-play, because I used to do 162 baseball games a year and actually get paid for it, Plus whatever twenty spring training games. Wait, wait, wait! They pay you? Yeah. Well, I wait. Know. All right, I gotta call the Mariners. Well, they just, yeah. they just give you like a food voucher. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they said yeah, you get a hot <laughs> dog and up, right. yeah, you get a free ticket to the game. You'll, okay, you get a two for one from Arby's. Yeah, and, and good luck to you. Yeah, to drive to all of the road games from <laughs> Seattle to Detroit. Oh my God! Here's your gas card. The uh, no, I I think one thing that uh, that I never really appreciated was how much I enjoyed the, the research part of it when just getting ready for a regular game. So it's almost like now it, it's a strange best of both worlds. I know this game doesn't really exist. It's only in my mind and on a computer algorithm, but I'm having fun doing exactly what you suggest is, okay, uh, Otis Nixon is in this game. I don't, I, I don't really remember much about Otis Nixon now that I think about it. Let me research three good things on Otis Nixon because I'm going to need them for this broadcast. And it reminded me, I used to have a lot of fun doing exactly that. And now it's kind of like, all right, and I still get to announce a game, but I don't have to leave my couch. I don't have to go on a road trip and get in at three in the morning and wait for my bags. And I don't have to wait through a rain delay or, you know, be in a a booth with a smelly engineer. I, I mean, Madge, if you're listening, I wasn't you with the Mets. Yeah. Madge always smelled very nice. Yeah. The uh, But it, it, it's almost like a, a cheat code. Uh, I get to announce baseball. It's not a real game, but I'm announcing baseball. I really do enjoy the research. And, and I do it, you know, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. I don't have to, to leave my house. So, uh, you know, until somebody tells me to knock it off, uh, I, I actually kind of prefer this. I mean, now, obviously, you don't, get, you don't get paid as well, but just in terms of how do you want to spend 10 or 12 hours a week? Uh, you know, some people would, would go golfing twice. Some people would play tennis four or five times. Some people would go to a, a knitting circle. I don't know, you know, go play bingo for a while. Th- I think this would be my 10 or 12 hours anyway. I really enjoy it. Yeah, uh, when people would say to me, well, so you had to like read all the papers and do all the research on these players and everything. And I'd say, well, as a baseball fan, I'd do that anyway. Yeah, you'd be right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, my, both my wives, I've been married twice now, but they both arrived at the exact same line, which is that, you know, exactly what you just said. When I would say, I can't do blankety blank because I have to read Sports Illustrated. That sounded like such a, a stupid thing to say to them. You know, I was like, what do you mean you have to read Sports Illustrated? You'd, you know, you'd be sitting on, in your hammock uh-huh. reading Sports Illustrated even if you didn't have whatever cool job you have. And, you know, what can you do but shrug and say, you know, you're absolutely <laughs> right. But, but it's true. I mean, I, I, I would read Sports Illustrated, but I would do it with a highlighter. 
And, and that's the difference. You know, I mean, now recreationally, I can read Sports Illustrated, or at least I remember reading Sports Illustrated. It's not really a thing anymore. Uh, not to mention the sporting news, which used to be my other passion. Right, sure. But, um, that was the Bible. Well, and you know what? And you actually just kind of reminded me. this The, the era that, that we're talking about here for the throwback league, and I should market it this way. Uh, if you remember the sporting news, if you, were, if you were a nerd that just couldn't wait to get the sporting news and look at the box scores, I, I think that's what this is. I think it's for those people because, yeah, I would... I'm sure you did too. Cover to cover, the sporting news. Read Joe Falls, you know, uh, like on page five or whatever that was, and uh, you know all these these uh, authors and columnists that we never heard from again, but we, we we really couldn't wait to read them. The deep dives into the stats pages and all of that, uh, even the classified ads, you know. So I think that's part of the reanimation here is that era. It's for the sports fan who used to just love getting with the box scores and the and reading the Sunday columns, and now this kind of comes back to life. When I was with Baltimore, I was still in a rotisserie league, and so I would go to Toronto, and I'd be standing around the batting cage with George Bell, mm. and I'd say, "You're killing me, <laughs> you're killing me," you know. And I would talk to these players who were like on my team, yeah. and they all said, "Well, who else is on the team? How are we doing?" That right. kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, and the George Bell is two for twenty-two is now a personal affront to you. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Baseball on the radio really is an art, and I, I listen to. Sirius XM, I, I sure enjoyed when you were doing the Mets and doing the, the Red Sox. And it just seems that the newer broadcasters are just very generic. And do you think it's just the style? There, there's no personality. There's no real romance for the game. Do you think it's because of social media and guys worried that they're going to be buried on Twitter if they say something funny or something sarcastic? You know, that, that could be part of it, although I do think that there are some guys out there doing it very well. There right are now. there are a few, yes. Yeah. yes. And, and some that will always do it well, like John Miller and, you know, a lot of the people that you and I both hold in, in such high regard and high esteem. But, yeah, you know, that's one of the things that, frankly, I don't miss about um, about a day-to-day radio experience. To, to me, and but this is really philosophical, but, and I, but I think you get this when I say this, that baseball on the radio is such a personal experience, but there's thousands of different people, and we all internalize and interpret things differently. We all like things in a slightly different way. And until they they monetize this, and I think this is actually coming, and I think it's brilliant. Whoever does this first is going to make a ton. Until you can have eight or ten different streams. You know, here's the game for the guy who actually wants to laugh a little bit. Here's the game done for the purist. Here's the game done for the stats monger. Here's the game done for a guy who likes to hear a guy say the F word. Here's, I mean, there's literally a dozen different ways you can present a game. The frustration I would have, and and that I frankly just don't miss with with everyday play-by-play, is I felt like I was always making somebody upset. If you do it this way... Well, then this part of the... the Me the too. Yeah, it, right? exactly. And I'm such a pleaser. I want, you know, if, if you are the voice of a team, you're the only one with a megaphone. You have to please everybody in the room. And, the, the, you know, as fractured as society is right now and as demanding as society is right now, 
everybody wants things their way. And it's funny that I mentioned Burger King at the top of the podcast. You know, they started this with this have it your way bullshit. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants it exactly their way now. And and you can get it exactly your way. I mean, whether it's iTunes or YouTube, uh, you know, this is kind of a deep dive. But think about it. In 1975, if you wanted to hear your favorite Casey and the Sunshine Band song... You might have to wait three hours for it to cycle around again on AM hit radio. But what else could you do? I mean, you were trapped in your car. Now, whatever song you want, you just go get it. You, you, you want it now and you can get it now. And I think baseball consumers are very much the same way. They want it presented their way. They want it right now. You, you know, you gave that stat. F you. I don't care about that stat. I hate you now. You know, I, I prefer not to hear it that way. And that got very troubling to me that, you know, to me, there's almost a sacred responsibility of if you're the voice of a team, you've got to get it out there in a way where you make people happy. That's your job is to make people happy and connect with them. And the thought that, you know, I I don't know that you wrote this Frasier episode. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. Uh, The one where where there's a focus group for Frasier. And you didn't do that. Yeah, no, I didn't do that one. Yeah, 11 out of 12 people love him. And Tony Shalhoub just doesn't like him that much. It's nothing personal. It just just doesn't resonate with him. And Frazier goes out of his mind because he needs Tony Shalhoub to connect with him. He's got to get through to this one guy. And he ends up like burning down his newsstand by mistake (laughs) because he went to those lengths. But I think towards the end of doing everyday baseball play-by-play, whether it's Twitter feedback or just everybody kind of being socially demanding is how I would put it now, um, there were so many opportunities to rub somebody the wrong way or piss somebody off or present it in a way that they didn't like. And now it's like I've taken my ball and I've gone home. I'm going to do a game the way I like to present it, the way I think resonates with at least a small subsection of people. I know that that's something I enjoy. And it's like, hey, if you want in on this, welcome in. That's great. If you don't, nobody's making you listen to this, right? right? I mean, if you're a Red Sox fan... There's no other, there's not Red Sox 2, Red Sox 3, Red Sox 4. It's just the Red Sox. And, you know, so the responsibility of presenting that just the right way to a hundred different people, I think is really difficult and and can kind of mess with your mind after a while. So how do they find the throwback league? Well, that's a good question. I I, I probably should have led with that, huh? Well, I'll talk about that uh, in the introduction. Very helpful retroactively. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thethrowbackleague.com is the website that's been created. Don't forget the the. Uh, You can get it on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. It's just The Throwback League. And we're on Twitter at The Throwback Ulg, uh, L-G, because League didn't fit on the, they only give you like 16 characters or whatever. So at The Throwback L-G. And I hope it resonates. And like I say, I think that's the beauty of the podcast world is that because we've all become so splintered and so niche, there I, there really is a podcast for everybody. And this one didn't exist yet, so I created it. And I think that's the, the wonderful thing about the podcast market. There was nothing truly like yours yet out there either. So you created, you created that and you've got this big audience now. But even if it had been a small audience... You resonate, you know, who you are, who Ken Levine is. There's a group of people out there that wants to to hear what Ken thinks. And so that's a worthwhile podcast. And, uh, you know, this thing is is kind of a variation on on many themes. But I think it's cool 
It's an old Millhouse line from Simpsons, right? My mom thinks I'm cool. <laughs> uh, I like this. And because I now have 10 to 12 hours a week uh, of free time, that's what I decided I wanted to do. Well, great. Thanks very much. Good luck with it. And as your parting gift, I have the KTEL, KC and the Sunshine Band, <laughs> greatest hit. Oh, I love you so much. I don't really love KC and the Sunshine Band. That was just in my head for some reason. Uh, you do. Uh, maybe a little. Okay. Maybe a little. All right. Thanks, Thank you, Josh. Buddy. You got it. And that will do it this week for Hollywood and Levine. Our thanks to Josh Lewin. Again, you can get the Throwback League on iTunes and any of those other podcast platforms. As always, our thanks to Adam and Susie Meister, Butler, Howard Hoffman, John Wolford, Bruce, and Jason Miller. Also, as always, you can email me at hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That's hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. Follow me on Twitter at Ken Levine, also on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. Back next week with more. Thanks for listening. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Hollywood and Levine.